series called Mind Monsters, and we're looking at all of these things that try to rob us of our peace, of our joy, of our purpose, and we've, we've been thinking about what we are thinking about. And the big idea of this series has been this, that you'll never have a positive life with a negative mind. You'll never have a positive life with a negative mind. So since we move in the direction of our strongest thoughts, what are we thinking about? Look at your neighbor and say, what are you thinking this is a great opportunity, husbands and wives. So what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Because it matters what you think. It matters what thoughts are coming through your mind because they're either propelling you toward your purpose or they're keeping you away from it. And so last week was, uh, last week was all about building your faith. And if you weren't here, you should check out that message because it was all about inspiration, about how we build our faith because when faith increases... Doubt has to go and anxiety has to leave whenever we, when faith rises up in our lives. And, and today I really just want to give you a message of encouragement. I, I had had another message planned all week long. I was very excited about it. And, uh, and, and on Friday, God put this uh, just simple, simple message so strong on my heart. And I just want to just pastor you today. And I, I want to say this. I don't say this enough. I love being your pastor. I mean it. I love the opportunity of what I get to do week after week. And I, and I hope this message today is something you can put in your pocket and use and encourage you. Because here's, here's what I know. There's always a distance between our dream and our destiny. There's always a gap in between what God's promised us and the fulfillment of that promise. And it's in the middle where the mind monsters try to destroy us. It tries to get us off track. When we get a vision for what God wants to do in our life, there's always a mind monster that's trying to destroy our purpose and our destiny. So I want to share with you a simple, just a simple word that God dealt with me about that I know is for somebody today. I know it's for somebody today, and I dedicate this message to someone who's in the middle of a difficult season. In the middle of a season where you're kind of at that crossroads, should I give up or should I go on? I want to encourage you to go on today and keep on doing what God's called you to do because he's not finished with you yet. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1 tells, this chapter tells us of the story of Abraham, the father of faith, and the covenant that God made with him that he was going to be the father of many nations and inherit, um, the Bible says, the, the whole earth. He was going to be this father of faith that was going to pass on from generation to generation the promise of God. And it's so interesting to me, the process and the conversation that Abraham has with God, because, man, it is the same conversation I've had with God um, so many times. It says in verse 1 of Genesis 15, it says, Sometime later the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Don't be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you, and your reward will be great. And Abram replied, O sovereign Lord... Since you've given me, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You know, we, we kind of try to figure it out when God gives us a promise. And we kind of rationalize what's going to happen. We kind of argue back and forth with God. Verse 3 says, and verse 4 says, Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own, who will be your heir? And the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up at the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. 
Abram's trying to figure out the promise of God. Like we all try to figure out the promise of God. We're like, news check, God. If you've noticed, I don't really have any kids. Just Eleazar and me here, my servant. You got to do something. And God says, I just want to give you a vision of what I can do through your life. So he takes him outside and he shows him the stars. And he begins to get this incredible vision of what he wants to do with his life. I want to tell you, God has a vision for your life. God doesn't create junk. He doesn't create nobodies. There's a purpose. There's a destiny inside of you. You have a reason to, to, to be here. And God has a great purpose for you. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, one of my favorite verses, God says, I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. So God's not wondering what he's thinking about your life. The verse goes on to say it's thoughts of peace and prosperity to bring you to give you a future and to give you a hope so God has this hopeful future that he wants you to be able to walk in and he gives you a vision of it and I I pray today that God would give someone a fresh vision maybe you're here today and you don't know the Lord at the end of this message I'm going to give an opportunity for you to give your life to Jesus and in this message God's going to begin to work on your heart and to give you a vision of what he can do in and through your life. Because he can do like nothing else. Whenever we give our hearts, when we give our lives to him, he gives Abram this great vision. And it says, And Abram believed God, verse 6, and it, then the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. There's so much there. Every promise that God gives us, it will always have to be received by faith. In other words, that we're not going to see it we're, we have to see it in the spiritual. Like it's not going to be in front of our eyes. We have to trust God even when we don't understand. Verse 7, it says, And the Lord told him, I'm the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land as your possession. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? The Lord told him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a, th- a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So Abram presented all of these things to him, and he killed them. Maybe that's kind of strange or weird that, that, that he gets this promise, God's going to do great things, and then Abram says, well, what am I supposed to do? And the next thing that God brings to him is a sacrifice. He says, okay, I want you to make a sacrifice, because the, we'll never get to the stars without a sacrifice. We'll never get to that destiny that God's called us to without a sacrifice. Every, every great promise that God gives us, we receive it by faith. Okay, God, I trust you. And because I trust you, I'm going to be obedient to whatever it is that he's told me to do. Because I believe that you're going to do a great work through my family and through my children, I'm going to therefore make the sacrifice. When I could make a couple more dollars, I'm going to spend a little more time here because the sacrifice is worth it. And you'll never get to the stars without some obedience and the sacrifice in his life. So there's a sacrifice that takes place. And like in any promise, there's always going to be a sacrifice that we have to do to be part of the process. And then it goes on to say, so verse 10, so Abram presented all these things to him and he killed them and he cut each animal down the middle and laid the halves side by side. He did not, however, cut the birds in half. And verse 11 is what I want to talk about today and I've never really focused on this or seen this before in the scripture. And it says, and some vultures swooped down to eat the carcasses, but Abram chased them away. Well, we're going to get to the rest of the story in just a little bit, but this is a huge moment in Abram's life. He's about to 
perform the covenant where God, all the promises that God has given him is going to come to pass. And this covenant's going to take place. But right in the middle, right after the sacrifice in the gap between the, that dream of the stars and the fulfillment of it, there are these vultures that come down to try to steal away the sacrifice. And as I was thinking about this, I just felt like I needed to tell someone that the purpose of mind monsters is always to steal your sacrifice. The purpose of mind monsters, they're like vultures. That right when you make a decision to take a step for God, when you make that decision to do what God's put in your heart to do, to live that dream, to do that calling, to say, oh, yes, I'm going to do, like I get the big vision of what God has for my life, there's always going to be a vulture waiting to pounce and to take away the sacrifice. Like, we, we can just count on it. It's just a process of time. Don't be surprised when you make that decision that you say, okay, God's got a plan for my life. God's got a purpose for my family. I'm going to be a generous person. Whatever that step is that you take, don't be surprised because it's just a process of what's going to happen next. Uh, the, the book of 1 Peter says this, don't be, don't, don't be taken back. Don't be surprised when your, your, your faith has a, goes through a fiery trial as if some strange thing is happening to you. In other words, this is what's going to happen. Vultures are going to come to try to take away the sacrifice that, that, you, that you're making along the way. Vultures, vultures, vultures. They feed on those dead things. I, I have a video that has some vulture sounds on it. I just want to get, I just want to get that, that we just get a full understanding of the vulture situation that was taking place in Abram's life. And it has some great visuals with it as well. So check out these vultures and listen up. <laughs> it's going to haunt someone's dreams tonight. That's good, that's good. Please, it sounds like a T-Rex made it with like a cat and the devil or something like that. <laughs> Haven't you heard that before? I want to say, if, if you are taking steps to trust God, you've heard that sound before. You've heard the vulture in your mind telling you it's not going to happen. God's not going to be faithful. You've made too many mistakes. It's just not going to take place. And, and I just want to expose some vultures today. And I want to share with you some of my personal vultures that, that, I, that I have faced, that I am facing. Not from a place of, of, of that I have it all together, but just a place of the process. Because I want, I, I want to let you know it's going to happen. Like, vultures are going to come. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That just because a vulture comes, I love the picture of what Abram does. He, he goes and he starts, he starts knocking the vultures away. I want to tell you, you're never going to reach the dream that God has for your life without knocking some vultures away along the, along the way. If you're just expecting for it to be always up and to the right and it's just going to be a perfect escalator ride to your purpose and there's never going to be any bumps then, then it's, I just want to say it's not going to happen that way because the moment you start sacrificing the moment you start saying okay, I'm going to be faithful to church I know I haven't done that but you know what, I'm going to be faithful to church you just mark it down there's going to be some kid getting sick there's going to be some tire getting flat there's going to be a snowstorm in the middle of summer there's going to be something that's going to happen that's going to, you have a choice to make. Do you let the vulture take away the sacrifice? Because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to get it while it's small. 
That's why he came after Jesus whenever he was a baby. Herod came after all of the male child children whenever they were young. Why? Because he knew if he could kill him when he's young, then he couldn't go to the cross and, 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 and die for our sins. Same deal with Moses. Moses was a deliverer, a type of Christ. And what happens when God promises a deliverer, Pharaoh says, let's kill all of the children. Why? Because he's trying to kill the deliverer when he's small. And I want to tell somebody, don't let the devil stop your purpose when it's small. You just keep on being faithful because God's going to do everything he said he was going to do in your life. Don't let the vultures, the mind monsters, steal your sacrifice away. Here's the first vulture that I want to talk about today that I, have deal, that I deal with and have dealt with. It's doubt. The vulture of doubt. It screams like, ah, in my mind. As soon as you step out in faith, ah, doubt says, it's not going to happen. As soon as you step out in faith, you're crazy. It's not real. I, when, whenever, whenever we moved here, all I, I was a student of, of church planting. So, so I was trying to figure out what the best practices were and where we're supposed to be. And it was like a, you know, the 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 the, the Nile, Everyone was saying you got to be in a high school. You got to be in a high school. If you're in a high school, like in the first you know thirty days, it'll be like twenty thousand people come to your church. If you're in a high school, it's the answer to every problem. Just get in the high school. Everything's okay. And so, what did I do? I, I I got ready to go to a high school. So I went to a high school, put on nice clothes, went to meet with the with the principal, and I got just a solid no. I thought, okay, it's going to be all right. That's not the right high school. Got another high school. We got a lot of high schools around here. So I went to the second high school, no. Went to the third high school, principal wouldn't even meet with me, just sent me an email, no. And I'm thinking, vulture, you know, vulture, just coming and trying to cloud my mind of this baby dream that we had to plant this church. And it was just a vulture in my mind. And I want to tell you, it's don't be surprised when you step out in faith, when you start that small group, when you try to fulfill that purpose, when you start that business, whenever you do that dream that God's called you to, that then, then don't be surprised if it doesn't happen just the way you thought it was going to happen. And there's some doubt and there's some vulture that comes. To try to steal your dream. The second interest meeting that we had um, at the church, we were we were uh, we were getting ready. We we had, had pins, we had T-shirts, we had banners, we had little mini cheesecakes. Uh, we, we we had we had you know nice little waters you know with little branding on them and we had you know little, little brochures you know that said all the right things you know, had this picture you know with the professional photographer and you know everything was set up and ready to go the music was perfect and we were got so excited about this dream God's going to do this great He's going to build a church from the city to the hills you know where's the next campus going to be it's going to be awesome and four people show up to our interest hangout. Just, it was like the perfect storm, terrible weather, all this stuff, and four people show up, and, and the vulture, failure, it's not going to happen, just, just give up, just quit, you missed it, the, 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 the voices always come, the, the mind monsters, what are, why, are, why are the mind monsters coming, they're coming to steal the sacrifice, they're coming to steal it when it's little, they're coming to steal it when it's small, because 
He knows what it's going to be. He knows what you're going to do. He knows the great plans that God has for your life. He just wants to steal it when it's small. He wants to steal it when you're, when you're alone. You're not enough. You can't ever do what God's called you to do. And he tries to, the vulture of doubt tries to steal that away. And what I'm trying so hard to do is not tell you the other, the rest of the story in this message. Because I could tell you every vulture and how it was a lie. Because the people that were in the room were the people that were supposed to be in the room. And the storm was for a reason like it all. But, but I'm, I'm not going to tell you that here today. Because I just want you to know that vultures are going to happen. And doubts are going to come. But God's still in control. And don't let the, like you're going to have to be like Abraham. I'm going to have to be like Abraham. You're going to have to get the vultures out of the way and keep on trusting God. Don't let the sound of the vulture stop you. Because doubts are going to come. You say, I'm going to be a tither. Yes, I'm going to do it. I promise. I've been thinking about the first time that I really got a heart to be, gener- like, to be generous. And I had an after-school job, and there was a special offering happening at church. And I said, okay, I'm going to give, I'm going to give $250. And, uh, man, that was, a, that was a lot of money uh, for, for me just working an after-school job. And I was excited about it. Man, I just felt full of faith. Isn't it crazy? When you're seeing the stars, you're like, ain't no stopping us now. God's going to do it. You know, it's like, you, I just imagine my mom, what's going I'm just going to walk outside and just money's going to start raining. I'm just going to start giving it to missionaries and all these things that's going to happen. I've just got a vision for what it looks like to live a generous life. And God, you're going to use me and all this stuff. And you know what happened? My, my, my car broke down that month. And I had to spend the $250 to get my car fixed that month. And I thought God was going to come through. Like I thought it was all this stuff. But what was it? It was a vulture. It's a vulture. And, and I'll never forget, we, we would, like once a month we would have these, you know, we would give this above and beyond these offerings. And, and uh, I came and I just, I just, the vultures were just in my mind. Failure. You missed it. You know, God's never going to use you. you. You can't even listen to God's voice. Is God's voice even real? I mean, just, ah, 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 ah. And right after church, an older man walked up. He was, he was very touched, kind of tears in his eyes. He said, son, I'm so sorry. He said, the Lord distinctly spoke to me that I was supposed to give you this before the service started, but I have not been obedient. And he shook my hand. And whenever I looked at it, it was $250 that God had told him to give to me so that I could be. So in other words, God was faithful, even though it didn't look like, even though the vultures were saying it's not going to happen. God was honoring what he had put in the heart of a teenager to be generous. And I want to tell you, God will always honor it as long as you won't let the vultures steal it away way just keep on trusting God don't be surprised whenever things go wrong don't be surprised when doubts come because vultures always want to steal it away and if you ever have doubts I want to tell you you're in good company a lot of times we think being spiritual it means that we don't ever deal with doubts I want to tell you it's just not true that that great men and women of God all throughout history have dealt with doubts. Some people say, well, the, you know, the mark of the beast is the question mark. You better never have a question. I don't believe that because I believe God used people that had questions and doubts and fears. Because if God only used perfect people, there would be no Bible. Like he only uses those of us that, are, that, that, that have some fear and have some doubt. And, and it, it, even John the Baptist, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 3, it says, Are you the Messiah, the one we've been expecting, or should we look for another one? You ever felt that way? God, is this what you told me to do, or, or, or I need to like look for somebody else? It's a doubt. It's a vulture. Psalm 73, 12 says, David dealt with vultures. He said, Look at those wicked people enjoying life with ease while their riches multiply. And he says this, 
Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? He said, so I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. In other words, there's vultures in my mind saying, look at everybody else. They're doing so much better than you. You're being faithful to God for nothing. What are you thinking? And he says in verse 17, then I went into the sanctuary. In other words, when I went to the house of God, I understood that God had a purpose through it all. And I was not going to let that vulture stop me from what God has called me to do. I want to challenge somebody today, don't speak vulture. If you're in a season of doubt, and don't speak vulture. <laughs> like, I forbid you to speak vulture. The vultures are, ah, 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 don't speak it out there. You know, whenever you speak it, the vulture that's out there gets inside of you. It's like alien or something. You know, you got stuff all. Neuroscientists have discovered that just saying the words joy, peace, hope, love, just saying the words release positive endorphins in your brain. How much more when we say all of those negative vulture words, what do you think it's doing to our brains? Challenge, if you don't have anything of joy, of peace, something that's full of God's, God's help, full of God's favor, don't say it. Don't speak vulture. Don't doubt what God gave you in the light when it's dark. Like, don't doubt in the darkness, what, gave, what God gave you in the light. Because what he said is going to come to pass. Like it's everything God promised, it's going to happen in your life. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. But God's still faithful. One of my favorite uh, places to hike um, in, in, in the Smokies is chimney tops. And it's always a good idea until I start it. And then I'm thinking, what in the world am I thinking because it's two miles straight up. I mean, it is like walking up a staircase for two solid miles. But whenever you're pulling up to it before you hike, you can see the summit before you start hiking. And it's awesome. And you get on that path and it gets hard. And you're thinking, you know, everything in you is screaming to stop. But, but you have a choice to make. Are you going to stop when you can't see the summit? Are you going to trust that what you saw is really, you're really marching toward it? I want to tell somebody the summit is real. That what God gave you is real. Just keep on trusting the trail and moving forward one step at a time. Because God's going to do it just like he said he's going to do it in your life. The mind monsters want to say, well, the summit's not even real. God's never going to do what he said he's going to do in your life. And it's just not true. Don't be surprised when vultures try to steal the sacrifice. Here's the second vulture is the vulture of delay. Delay. When Abraham sacrificed the animals, I got thinking about this. You know, I'm sure in his mind, you know, he had this dream. I mean, God shows him this vision. He receives it by faith. And he's like, yes, I will sacrifice. He sacrifices. He lays out, you know, the sacrifice. I'm sure he's just thinking, all right, God, do the stuff now. You know, I want to see the miracle. And he's like, do, 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 do. And it takes a lot longer than he thought. So long that vultures have the opportunity to see what's going on and to start circling around and trying to take the sacrifice away. Isn't that just like life? That the vulture of delay will steal your sacrifice as well because it always takes longer than what you think for the dream to come to pass. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when you get a vision of what's gonna, what God's going to do in your life and it doesn't happen in the, in the same way or the same path that you thought it was going to happen. First, Second Peter chapter 3 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. 
I got thinking, God, why'd you put that in the Bible? And I think it's simply this, because there would be times God knew we would think he was being slow. Like, what are you doing, God? I don't know if you've ever been in that place. Like, God, like, what are you doing? I don't know, like, the direction that I'm going. Like, help me out a little bit. I don't know what to do. And that delay will cause us to give up on the purpose that God has for us instead of us staying faithful throughout the process. I want to tell you, you may be delayed, but you're not denied. You may be delayed, but you're not denied. God, God's promise is still going to be fulfilled in your life. Whenever um, I was growing up, everybody that I knew that was like a preacher or somebody that was used in the ministry went to Bible college. So I thought, if you want to be, that's what you do. You go to Bible college. So I felt a call to ministry and applied for a Bible college. I got accepted. I got a, I got a scholarship. And two weeks before I was leaving to go to school, my uh, pastor asked me if I would stay and serve as our youth pastor at, a ch- at the church that I grew up in. And I just said, no. <laughs> no, I said, no, I, I can't do that because I got to go to Bible college. Like, I want to be used by God. I mean, it's so funny to think about it. I want to be used by God. I got to go to Bible college if I want to do that. Understand, pastor? You know, I'm telling him this. I'm sure, you know, it's this 18-year-old kid, you know, trying to, you know, reason. And he was seeing it from a different perspective. And, 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 and I, I prayed about it that night. And I went to him the next day. And I said, I'm so sorry. I was, I was presumptuous. Like, I'll stay one year. I even put a condition, I'll stay one year because I still want to be used by God. I still want to go to that Bible college because I want to be used by God, you know. And, uh, and, and that one year turned into seven years. And in that one year, I found a love for working with students. In that, in that one year, I, I met the woman that became my wife. In that one year, I thank God that I decided to choose his path Instead of this path that I thought everyone else chose, everyone else was going on. And if I was going to do it, it had to be like everybody else. I want to tell you, God, he has the ability to, do, to take you on your own journey. He wants to take you on your own journey. He doesn't want you to be a copycat of anybody else. God cannot anoint someone who's a copy. God only anoints the original. God wants you to go on your journey. See, when we moved here, I thought it had to be like every, it had to be the high school. It had to be the high school. It had to be the high school. What I didn't know is that God had spoke to a pastor in East Knoxville and told a school principal of West Valley Middle School that in two weeks you're going to have someone come to you and what you need to say yes to it because what they're going to do is make going to make a kingdom impact in our city. And all the high schools that told me no, all the high schools that told me no, I, I met with the middle school principal at West Valley Middle School, and she said with tears in her eyes, she said. I feel like the Lord is leading you to come here and I want to open the door and say yes. In other words, God's path was better than my path. God's way was better than my way. And, and, and it's amazing, I didn't go to Bible school, but just it was about, it was about five or six years later that Bible school was getting a, a specialty track that was just for people that were going into youth ministry. And you know, of all the people that they called, I think God just has a sense of humor and did, did this honestly just for me. God, you know, of all the people who they called to help teach some of those youth ministry classes and to come do chapels and come talk to people about how to be a youth pastor and all the things like that and how to design youth services and all those things. You know, of all people they called, of all the Bible college in the world that could called anybody they called me 
And I had the opportunity to go back and to teach and to, and to encourage. And I think if it wasn't for anybody else, it was for me. Because whenever I walked on, I'll never forget God saying to me, watch, you see, I, my path is better than your path. My way is better than your way. You just keep on trusting me and I'll lead you in the way. It may not be everybody else's path, but that's okay. What I've learned simply is this, is that God loves the journey, but we love the destination. God loves the journey. God is putting something in us in the journey, whereas we just want to go to the destination. Like, are we there yet? All the dads in the house say, you've heard that word before. Are we there yet? You've heard that from your kids. And I think so many times I'll say that to God, and God's saying, no, son, you missed it. It's not even about where you're going. It's about who you're going there with. It's about the, de- it's about the journey on the way. Because God wants to give you a word to speak when you get to the destination. If you just get to the destination, you can't be, you're not mature enough to be able to be ready to minister at the destination. God says, I I want to put some things in you that you'll have a word to speak. You'll have a hope to bring. You'll have a message to be able to give when you get to the destination that will bring glory to him. Don't let that vulture steal it away. He wants to steal That delay wants to steal it away. This is what happened to King Saul. King Saul was chosen by God to be this great king. And he missed it all because of the vulture of delay. Chapter 13 and verse 11 It says, Samuel said, what have you done? This is, he was saying this to Saul. He said, I saw my men scattering from me and you didn't arrive when you said you would. And the Philistines are at Michmash ready for battle. And what he goes on to do, he goes on to put on a priestly robe and he goes on to go before God. In other words, he takes on a responsibility that he was never supposed to take on and he did something that he was never supposed to do because he thought the man of God, Samuel, didn't get there at the right time. In other words, he was disappointed with the timing of God. And when he got disappointed with the timing of God, he took things into his own hands and he lost his destiny because of it the kingdom was taken from his hands because he did not take the time he did not trust God's timing I want to challenge somebody let it go trust God's timing step down from trying to be the the, the person in charge of the universe that is the most stressful way to live put it in the hands of God I think stress is whenever we take responsibility for things we don't have the authority for. God has not given us the authority for those things. God has not given me authority for the timing, but I I put it in his hands. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God when I don't understand God. You ever heard the story about about the rooster that went insane? Every morning he would wake up and do his thing, you know, cock a doodle doo And as he did that, he noticed the sun came up. And then the next morning, he got up, you know, did his thing, and the sun came up again. And the sun came up again. And before too long, he became a depressed rooster, and an ang- full of, a rooster full of anxiety. And he had to go to the rooster therapist because he was having some issues, you know what I'm saying? Because he thought if he didn't crow, that the sun wouldn't come up. He thought the sun was coming up because of what he was doing Instead of what he was doing was because the sun had come up. 
And you know what? You want to you find somebody that's stressed out, someone who's depressed, someone who's ruled by mind monsters. It's somebody who has the weight of the world on their shoulders instead of understanding that, you know what? God really is in control. His timing really is perfect. And you know what? Everything could be seemingly against me, but you know what? God still turns water into wine. He can still do more in a moment than we can do in a lifetime. The thing I love about this idea of God turning water into wine whenever Jesus, it was his first miracle. I love this because he, it said it was the best wine too. So here's what Jesus did. Wine takes time. So he took something that should have taken years to produce and he did it in a moment. I want to tell you God can take what what may take everybody else years and he can do it in your life in a moment. Just keep on trusting him. Keep on believing him. He is still faithful on the way. Here's the fourth vulture, third vulture, the vulture of the double cross. The vulture of the double cross. You will be betrayed. You will be hurt by people. It's just part of the journey. Satan's plan, I believe it's his number one plan, is to get you tangled up with people. Because if he can get you bitter at people, he can keep you from your destiny. If he can get you bitter at people, you'll be locked in your own prison. And those people, you'll, instead of talking to God, you'll be talking to those people that you're bitter against. Instead of, instead of spending time with your children, you'll be spending time thinking about those people that hurt you along the way. And the double cross, that vulture of the double cross, just people's voices in your mind... It's amazing to me how people's negative voices just have a way of carrying in our ears. All the things that people have said, we can recall them just like that. Every time, every negative word, we can hear it. Why? Because the vulture of the double cross always wants to steal our sacrifice along the way. He did it, he does it to us, and he did it to Jesus. Mark 14, 18 says, They were at the table eating. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, that one of you eating with me will betray me. (laughs) What is Jesus about to do? He's about to make the greatest sacrifice that there's ever been. He's about to go sacrifice himself on the cross. And it is amazing, right, as the sacrifice comes, the vulture of the double cross comes, and someone betrays him. I want to tell you, every time you make a decision to trust God in some area of your life, don't be surprised. If it's like the Matrix where it starts out being you know, a nice friend that turned into like Agent Smith. You know, it turned, it's like something on the inside. Just, just mad. It's like, what, what just happened? It's the double cross. Some people let offenses with people cause them to leave their church. Leave their purpose. I want to tell you, maybe you've been hurt by church along the years. Church hurt hurts like no other hurt. Hurts deeper. It hurts longer. I believe the enemy's so happy if he can keep us tangled up in what he said about us or what she said about us or what they think about us. Be free. Set people free. I don't want to be some person that spends my life and ministry just bitter and angry. I'm just. I love God, but I'm just people. I can't stand people. Somebody told me that the other day. I was talking to somebody who said, ministry would be great if it wasn't for all the people. <laughs> I said, come on, man. That's not how we're supposed to live. And let it go. Let people go. That's why Hebrews 12, 15 says, watch out. Why don't you say, watch out? There's a vulture. That no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you in corrupting many. 
It's a, it's a vulture. Bitterness against people. Set them free. Let them go. One of the greatest things you'll ever do is to say, to learn the great, I call it the greatest prayer in the world. And if you're here uh, long enough, you'll hear me preach about this many, many times. The greatest prayer in the world is simply this, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Greatest thing you can ever do if you're dealing with bitterness is just forgive them. Forgive, pe- forgiving people doesn't make them right. Forgiveness just makes you free. Maybe Father's Day is a hard day for you because of your relationship with your dad. If, if I could sit down with each person that's dealing with this, I'm sure you'd have a story and we could share and talk about it. But you know what? The end of that conversation would simply be this. And I'd say with tears in my eyes, forgive him. He didn't know what he was doing. He said, well, he does. He did know what he... No. Be like Jesus. Don't be the judge of the universe. Set your dad free. Let him go. Because you can't truly embrace what God's called you to be if you're weighted down by all the double-cross vultures that try to steal the sacrifice that God wants to do in your life. Set them free. Here's the fourth vulture, the vulture of distractions. There will always be distractions along the way that try to swoop down and take it. Swoop down and take your sacrifice. These things are, are things that aren't necessarily bad. These things could be like good things, like success can be a vulture. Success can be a vulture if it's the main thing. What, 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 it's a supplement. It's great. Like Jesus is more important. Our purpose is more important. And, and, and when you take what God blesses, if you take what is a supplement and you cause it to be a substitute for what God wants you to do with your life, then God will curse it. Like it can become a vulture. Like anything that you put above God can be a vulture. It's a distraction. It's not necessarily all bad things, but it's just the wrong thing. I'm coming to a place in my life where my fear, my greatest fear is not failure. I'd say probably probably that that was something that I've dealt with, fear of failure, fear of failure. And I'm coming to the place where I'm not as much fearing failure, but I'm fearing success at things that don't matter. I'm fearing, thing, I'm fearing being successful at things that are not my purpose because God has a purpose for me and my job is to not fulfill your purpose. My job is to fulfill my, fulfill my purpose and you fulfill your purpose. Like That's what we're called to do and it may be a good thing, but it's not a God thing. I've seen people leave the purpose of God for $5 more an hour. I've seen people leave the purpose of God for just something just a little bit, like the grass looks just a little bit greener. And what I've learned, if the grass is greener, it means the water bills more. Like the grass is, it's not greener, you know, like, but we can let those distractions, we can let those distractions keep us from the purpose of God. So what, what, what has God called you to do? What's the dream that's in your heart? And are you doing it? Because that's, that's where it's at. That's where that purpose is. Mark chapter 4, Jesus said, The seed that fell among the thorns represent others who hear the word of God, but too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. Your bucket list, my job, my family, any of it that I put above God's purpose can become a distraction that steals my sacrifice. Don't let anything steal your sacrifice. Genesis chapter 15, verse 17 says, After the sun went down and darkness fell, Abram saw a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch pass between the halves of the carcasses. So the Lord made a covenant with Abram 
that day and said, I've given you this land. I've given this land to your descendants. Because Abram fought off the vultures, the promise was fulfilled in his life. I want to tell you, there is something on the other side of the fight that you're having right now. Just keep on being faithful. So it doesn't look like it's being fruitful. Keep on being faithful. Doesn't look like it's making sense. Just keep on being faithful. Because God's going to do everything he said he's going to do in your family, in your life, in your ministry. Just keep on being faithful. Don't let those mind monsters destroy you. I, I think if, if Abraham could like, be here today and if he could preach to us, I think he'd say this. It was worth it. It was worth it. Maybe you're here today and this is kind of new and fresh to you. Maybe it's been, this is the first time you've been to church or first time in a long time or first time you're feeling God do something in your heart. Don't let doubt or delay or some double cross, some bitterness, some distraction keep you from giving your life to the Lord today. Don't let the vulture steer up, steal it away. Because God's going to do everything he's gonna, He said He was going to do in your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to pray for someone today. I know this message was for somebody in this house today. I want to pray for you today. In the name of Jesus, I pray Lord, for every person that's dealing with some vultures. Comparing their lives with other people. Struggling walking through difficult times or circumstances or the road's not what they expected it would be. Lord, I just pray that you give them strength to be able to knock some vultures away today. Some mind monsters, knock them away. Trust you today. In Jesus' name.